0: You're listening to the American Girl Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Maggie Lawson, the narrator of 10-Minute Mysteries. This season's story is based on one of our favorite American Girl mystery books, The Light in the Cellar, A Molly Mystery by Sarah Bucky. Episode 3, A Reluctant Promise. After her first shift of delivering magazines at Oak Knoll Convalescent Hospital, Molly settled into an armchair in the second floor sitting area near the stairwell to wait for Emily. Molly knew that Emily was eager to see how her aunt was doing, so she might be a while. As Molly waited, she paged through her last remaining magazine, an old ladies' home journal. The hallway was so quiet that Molly looked up when she heard a nurse pushing a cart of medicines down the hallway. At the far end of the hall, a big man came out of a door, whistling cheerfully. He had a large sack slung over one shoulder, and Lawrence Laundry was printed on his shirt in large letters. He greeted the nurse in a booming voice. Hey, Edith, I've picked up the laundry on the third floor, and I wanted to tell you that I got a letter from my son, the one in the Air Force. How is he, Mr. Lawrence? Still flying those bombers? asked the nurse. Nurse Schroeder! Molly turned to see Mr. Pritchard. The hospital director standing on the stairwell landing, his face in a dark scowl. You will kindly remember that this is a hospital, not a social center. As Mr. Pritchard continued up the stairs, the nurse quickly wheeled her cart into another patient's room. The laundryman shifted his bag to the other shoulder and walked past Molly and down the staircase. The floor was silent again, and Molly wondered when Emily would be finished. Suddenly, in the stillness, she heard a voice whisper, startled molly scanned the hall no one was in sight but the door to room 201 was open and the voice seemed to come from in there molly got up stepped across the hall and peeked into the room the only occupant was a plump woman with fluffy white hair and alert blue eyes she sat in bed propped up by pillows on the table next to her were several photographs in silver frames and a china teacup on a saucer the woman smiled at molly "'You must be one of the new volunteers, are you, dear?' "'Yes, ma'am. "'Would you like a ladies' home journal to read?' Molly offered, holding out her last magazine. "'No, thank you. "'But I wonder if you would be so kind as to get me a cup of tea. "'I'm quite thirsty.' Molly hesitated. "'Mr. Pritchard had warned her against bothering patients. "'But surely he wouldn't mind if she helped a patient.' "'Molly picked up the teacup. "'I'll go ask the nurse.' "'With a spoonful of sugar, please, and just a touch of milk,' the white-haired woman called after Molly as she left the room. Molly found Nurse Schroeder and explained that the lady in 201 had asked for a cup of tea. (sighs) "'Mrs. Currier always wants her cup of tea. She doesn't seem to realize we have other patients to care for, too. If you want to get it for her, you can take the service stairs down to the kitchen and ask Marta to help you.' The nurse pointed to the end of the hall. And Molly went down the stairs to the basement level, where she could smell bread baking. Mm. She followed the warm smell through a set of swinging doors into the hospital's kitchen. At a large metal table in the middle of the room, a woman was kneading dough. Molly recognized her as the same woman who had been mopping the lobby earlier when Molly and Emily first arrived. Beside her, a little girl, about six years old, sat on a tall stool looking at a book. The little girl glanced up when Molly came in. With her pale skin, wide brown eyes, and brown hair and pigtails, she looked so much like the woman that Molly was sure the girl must be her daughter. Can I help you? Asked the woman. And Molly explained Mrs. Courier's request, remembering to mention the spoonful of sugar and the touch of milk. The woman nodded and then disappeared into what looked like a strange room at the back of the kitchen. While Molly waited, she noticed that the little girl was watching her. Molly smiled at her. The girl shyly smiled back, and then quickly bent her head over her book again. The woman came back carrying a small teapot. She set it on a tray with the cup and was reaching into a canister labeled sugar when a man wearing a chef's hat came through the swinging doors. Marta, what are you doing? Making tea for Mrs. Currier. No, too much sugar is disappearing from my kitchen. From now on, nobody gets extra helpings of sugar unless I say so, Molly shrank back. Wondering if it was just a coincidence that sugar was disappearing here at Oak Knoll, too. The chef pulled a big ring of keys from his pocket, locked the pantry, then stormed out a door at the back of the room. As the door banged shut, Marta's dark eyes looked troubled. She poured a splash of milk into Mrs. Courier's cup and then, without a word, handed the tray to Molly. Carefully, Molly carried the tea tray up the two flights of stairs to room 201. As she set the tray on Mrs. Courier's bedside table, one of the framed photos caught her eye. It showed a well-dressed couple standing in front of an elegant stone house. Molly peered closely at the picture. Hey, that looks like Greystone Manor. Yes, indeed. That's my late husband Trevor and me. That photo was taken almost 30 years ago. And that's my home, Greystone Manor. "'Do you live on Overlook Hill Road?' "'Not exactly. I live on Oak Street,' Molly replied. Overlook Hill Road was where the big, fancy houses were. Oak Street just had normal houses, like Molly's. But Mrs. Currier brightened and said, "'Oak Street? I know where that is. Perhaps you know Dr. and Mrs. McIntyre. They live on Oak Street, too.' "'They're my parents,' said Molly with a grin. "'What a small world,' said Mrs. Courier. Your mother and I served on a library committee together. I remember having meetings at your house. And your father is one of the finest physicians in Jefferson. You must be very proud of him. Yes, ma'am, I am. He's in the army now, treating wounded soldiers in England, said Molly. Mrs. Currier nodded sadly. Ah, so many things have changed with this war. My dear nephew is in the army too. He's stationed somewhere in Europe, but he can't tell me where. All my other relatives now live far away, too. Mrs. Currier was silent for a moment. And Molly didn't quite know what to say next. What would it be like, she wondered, to be old and sick and all alone? Then Mrs. Currier put the photo back down on her bedside table and sighed. It's been a long time since I've been able to go home. I do miss my house so, and all the things in it. Mrs. Courier looked up at Molly and said, "'You know, there's one thing I especially miss. "'Perhaps you could help me with it.' "'I'll try,' said Molly. "'What is it?' "'I've broken my reading glasses. "'I have another pair at home, but no way to get them. "'Would you be so kind as to go and get them for me?' Mrs. Courier asked, looking up at Molly with a hopeful expression. Molly's smile vanished. "'You mean, go inside?' Greystone Manor? Yes, it would take you just a few minutes. I'll tell you exactly where the glasses are. Oh, it would be so wonderful to be able to read again, and then I could enjoy the magazine you were so kind to offer. There was a gleam of excitement in the old lady's blue eyes, and with a sinking heart, Molly found herself agreeing to Mrs. Courier's request. Well, okay, but I'll have to ask my mother for permission." Molly said reluctantly, of course, I'm sure your mother won't mind you doing this little errand for me, Mrs. Courier replied confidently. She told Molly where to find the house key and the spare eyeglasses, and then asked when Molly would be back. We'll be back here delivering magazines again on Thursday. Um, I guess I'll see you then, said Molly, backing out of the room, as Mrs. Currier cheerfully replied, then I'll look forward to seeing you on Thursday. Outside the room, Molly saw Emily waiting for her in the sitting area. Emily peered curiously at Molly. Is something wrong? You look rather ill. Shh, I'll tell you outside. As the girls left the building and crossed the lawn to their bicycles, Molly told Emily about her reluctant promise to Mrs. Courier. Oh no. She hoped Emily would offer to go with her to Greystone Manor, but Emily looked worried. It is rather lonely up there. A bit creepy too. You wouldn't go at night, would you? not a chance molly said with a shudder wishing she hadn't agreed to the errand but mrs courier was counting on her molly swung onto her bike and began pedaling wishing she could pedal away from her promise but it stayed with her sinking in with a sense of dread somehow tomorrow she would have to find the courage to visit graystone manor What do you think will happen when Molly and Emily go to Greystone Manor? Listen to next week's episode to find out what's really inside the mysterious, spooky old house. Thank you so much for listening to 10-Minute Mysteries. And parents, don't forget to write us a review wherever you are listening. It really helps us out. Parents can watch 10-Minute Mysteries with their family on YouTube, or your child can watch on YouTube Kids. Visit americangirl.com and follow at American Girl Brand on Instagram for more updates on your favorite dolls, books, and American Girl Podcast Network podcasts.